Brian Baldinger. We bring Baldy in on the Harbor One Hotline. Our insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Baldy, Happy New Year. Good morning, friend. How are you? Well, I'm doing good, guys. It's good to be with you, man. Happy New Year to you too, as well. Uh, uh, I feel like you're st- you're in the you're in the film room. Are you in the film room right now? I hear the <laughs> echo. That feels like a film room echo call right now. Honestly, guys, I'm 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 in a house in Fort Lauderdale, looking at boats on the ocean. Right oh, now. that I, was I mean, un, that was unneeded. My... That was not, that was not necessary. Yeah, I mean, I just want to stick it to you guys up there in you know in Boston. You <laughs> yeah, know, big storm like, you know, coming up. Yeah, we got. Now, I just want to let you know that not everybody is suffering like you guys right now. Okay. I actually wonder why we choose to suffer the way we do, Gresh. Oh, you mean living in the Northeast up <laughs> yeah, here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, you definitely. Aren't, aren't you guys supposed to get hit by nor- Nor'easter like this weekend or something? Like I've only heard rumors. Like I don't really know. Yeah, but... it's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. We're supposed to get yeah. hit on uh, Sunday, Baldy. It looks like there could be some uh, a good chunk of snow, but nothing that you sure. know would nothing that would necessarily snow in Bill Belichick, and then he could hunker down and never leave Foxborough because. Is nobody, Baldy, as you can imagine, is talking about this game this weekend. It's all about Bill Belichick moving forward. And I've been waiting to ask you this one. If Robert Kraft picked up the phone and called you, Baldy, and said, Brian, I love your work, what do you think I should do? What would you tell Robert Kraft to do if he called you, Baldy, looking for your advice? Uh, you know, I would tell him uh Stay the course, stay the course, and you know, go find yourself a quarterback and start building the team the way most teams build a team around a star quarterback, star power, and find the you know that position, fix that position, and start building accordingly. And you know, bring, welcome back the guys they lost this year on defense. You know, whether it's Gonzalez or you know their guys, and you know, come back and compete for the AFC East next year. So Brian, but isn't that basically what bad teams do? Like like they 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 do exactly what you say, right? They have the high draft pick, they grab a quarterback, and if they realize they screwed up, they got to start all over again. So that's basically what they have to do, start all over again. I think so. I mean, look. Um I mean, Houston was a dreadful franchise, dreadful. For I don't know how long. And CJ Stroud comes in there and look what that team looks like right now. Now they got a, you know, they got a good young coach and a bunch of castaways from other teams. They look like kind of an expansion roster, to be honest with you. But they got a quarterback. They fixed it. Um, I saw Sean Payton go seven and nine three years in a row, and then they had a monster draft with Kamara and Ramchek and you know, um, you know, cornerbacks and Lattimore. And next thing you know, they're winning the division every year. Like sometimes it takes the right player at that quarterback position and a great draft. And what looks dreadful can be fixed in one year in this league. You, you just see example after example of it. And I think that's where the Patriots are at. And that's why I, I wouldn't change coaches. I don't think anybody's better than Belichick out there. They might be younger. They might have newer ideas. But I don't think anybody's any better than Bill Belichick. Brian Baldinger with Gresham Fourier. Our insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 miniaturization because men have skin too. Baldy, should the Patriots look to the veteran market, whether it's Russell Wilson, we know that Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent, 
there might be somebody else available out there. How active do you think the Patriots should be in maybe fixing the quarterback problem from within the league? Well, I think you have to you have to have those conversations about Cousins, about I don't know Justin Fields. Is he available? Um, about you know some of the guys that you mentioned. I mean, I think you should have the conversation about it and what the offense might look like and what you can do with them and how you can have a more uh, consistent offense and one that can score points with Miami and with Buffalo as you look to compete. Um, you know, at a much higher level than you. I think you have to have that conversation. Uh, I also think that if they have a chance for one of these quarterbacks coming out, that might be – and I haven't broken them all down. I know Caleb personally, but I don't know Daniels, and, you know, I don't know Penix, and some of these guys are coming out. Um, You know, but I think you have to have that conversation in mass. Like, you have to have all of it. You have to, like, hash it all out in what it's going to look like and what you could do – differently if Justin Fields at age 24 became available. So the um, the one guy I keep throwing out there at Gresh is Jake Browning. Uh, he's a free agent this year. Uh, you watch a ton of film. I'm sure you've seen a bunch of him. Your, your general thoughts on what his upside would be as a free agent signing on with the team to be the full-time starter? Well, I mean, it's a very limited um it's just such a limited body of work. And, you know, the defense wasn't very good in Cincinnati, and he showed that he knows how to throw a ball and find an open receiver and some of those kind of things. But I don't know that I would say, okay, we've now turned the corner because we have Jake Brown. Like, I don't, you know, I don't believe that. Um, I think he's shown the ability to complete passes, to throw the ball down the field. He's also turned it over a bunch, you know, in a limited um, limited sample size right here, but maybe you need somebody that really understands quarterbacks better than I do to say, yes, he's shown everything you need to be a franchise quarterback. I, I don't know that you can say that right now. He got sacked a whole bunch. Um, you could say, okay, maybe Zeus isn't very good at left tackle or whatever, but some of that is because, I don't know, maybe he's holding the ball too long. Like you'd have to really go in and look at his you know, 200-plus attempts that he's had since he's got a chance to take over. Baldy, we know they need a quarterback, does the Patriots. Wide receiver or left tackle, what is a bigger issue for New England as you see it out of those two spots? Like, I still say Cincinnati got it wrong, and I love Jamar Chase. But I still would have taken Penny Sewell at left tackle. I mean, because... Honestly, they can't protect Joe Burrow's been hurt two out of three years because they can't protect him. And to me, this is the best year for offensive tackles. I, don't, I, I know this without even really studying it to this point. I just know some of these guys. Like, I think there's franchise left tackles out there, like a Tristan Wirth, like a Lane Johnson. I'm not saying they're that good, but there's a good crop of tackles in this draft. I always feel like, look, I know Marvin Harrison Jr.'s out there. And, I, and I, don't, I don't think anybody doesn't love him. But I feel like you can find, like, if you took Jordan Addison or you took Puka Nakua or you took Zay Flowers or whatever, like, you can find receivers in every round that are good. Um, Stephon Diggs is a fifth-round pick. You can find receivers. You can't find franchise tackles. You have to take them at the top of the draft. And if you're asking me that question, I'm saying take the tackle. And there's too many examples 
not to take the tackle. You know, with um, a lot of discussion lately here has been about, uh, as you can expect, is like how the dysfunction and lots of stories and articles coming out about, you know, what went on with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and what the situation is with the offensive line, you know, and, uh, you know, and who's making these picks. When you look at uh, and, you know, you, when you go all over the place, isn't some level of dysfunction like kind of like just part of doing business in the NFL? Like, aren't you, don't you kind of expect attitudes and disagreements and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, guys calling other guys, isn't that just part of doing business in the NFL? Cause I'm wondering, I think people think new England is unique and this is, you know, Oh my God, look what's going on behind the scenes. I feel like it happens everywhere. Yeah. Well, it happens when you lose for sure. I mean, <laughs> That's true. I mean, I just did the Eagles, you know, lost to Arizona. Like that level of dysfunction right now is off the charts. And this is the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. The Chiefs aren't winning like they were used to seeing them winning. And look at all the frustration that we're seeing coming out of Kansas City. Winning takes care of everything. I was talking to Shane Steichen about this in Indianapolis. And, you know, when you're winning and you're competing and, you know, you're winning games, some of that bickering that goes on in every place is quiet. And so, um, like, if Dante Skarnecchia could just live forever and he could be your <laughs> one-game coordinator and offensive line coach, like, maybe a lot of this stuff, you know, would go away in New England when you get a coach of that, you know, caliber. So, you know, I remember they, they fired their offensive line coach on the plane ride home from a loss in Denver in the playoff game. Like, let's get, let's get Dante back. Like, I feel like he could fix a lot of their issues right now in that franchise. Brian Baldinger, Odyssey NFL insider with Gresh and Fourier. Um, if you're running things, what do you do with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? There's a lot of different ways the Patriots can go. I know Fourier thinks that maybe you trade Mac Jones. I wonder because both of them are relatively cheap. Do you let him compete to be a backup? Do you have to move on from them? I know that we talked about the evolving quarterback room, but what do you do with the two guys that were here this year? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the trade value is for either one of those. I mean, only somebody would might trade for him for a low pick to be a backup quarterback. I think that's where they're at in their careers right now. Maybe they can rekindle a starting ability in Mac Jones. Some, but I, I feel like they're backup quarterbacks. I think they perform like backup quarterbacks. Guys that might go winning a game like Bailey, won a game, help win a game against Denver. You know, like Mac Jones has shown at times. But I feel like they've got to elevate that position. And honestly, if somebody wants to take one of those guys off your hands um, for a fifth round or sixth round pick or something, you know, go ahead and do it. But I feel like to leave them both on the roster, if you're going to upgrade that position via free agency of the draft, like it doesn't make any sense to like keep them on the roster and let them go compete when all they're going to do is steal reps from the guy that you're trying to develop. So um, uh, I'm going to test uh, how smart you are. I'm going to put you in the Fourier <laughs> you contest. NFLers, I'm man. Put Here you because we go. I, listen, Everything's well, a competition. He'll, he'll get – I get – well, this is my bet. I bet he gets everyone right. And I'll All tell right. you what – here's what I'm going to do, um, Baldy. I just saw, like, a tweet from Schefter, and maybe you already saw it, and so maybe I'm che- maybe you could cheat. But he just – he listed, like, a, a confirmed Week 18 starting quarterback so far. Oh. I think most people who listen to us – don't have a clue, one, who these quarterbacks are or what team they play for. So I'm just going to give you the name, 
and you tell me what team they play for. I feel like this should be, uh, he should get everyone nah, round. You're probably right. He should get every, all right, ready? Yeah, yeah. Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, okay. Well, who's he? Then you, I'm going to give the name. You tell me who he plays for. No, I mean, Blaine, Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert's in Tampa. Okay, Jeff Driscoll. Yep, Jeff Driscoll will be starting for San Francisco, uh, for Cleveland. Okay. Je- Jeff Driscoll's in the league. I was like, what? Wow. I thought this was a misprint. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson's going to start for Sean McVay with the Rams. Okay. Nick Mullins. Uh, yes, Nick Mullins will probably go back to start for Minnesota and okay. try to win another game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon will try to beat Bill Belichick in maybe his final game with the Patriots. Okay. Five, Easton, five three. Easton Stick. <laughs> God. Yeah. Easton Stick out of North Dakota State won two national championships uh, for the Bison up there. We'll start for the Chargers. And they'll try to somehow win another game. Okay, so these are easy. Tyrod Taylor, we all know him. Sam Howell yep. still with the uh, with the Commanders. Yep. Mason Rudolph, obviously, yep. that's the easy one with the Steelers. Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> yep, Jarrett Stidham is Sean Payton's hand-picked you know, starter for the remainder of the season as Russell Wilson starts to look for another team. So what does that tell you about the league? Does when you see yeah. all these backup quarterbacks, journeymen, kind of had a chance, but really probably won't. Probably lifelong backups now. Is it just the last week of the season, or is it serious problem in the NFL? No, it's a serious problem, and it, it's really been um, a problem. When this was a twelve-team league, it was a problem. There's never enough good starting quarterbacks. Now, a bunch of good ones got hurt, you know, Burrow and Rodgers, you know, got hurt this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, we, we, can't, we can't find them, we can't develop them, and we never have enough good ones, as you know, in New England right now. And so uh, it's, always, it, it's, always, it's why this draft coming up is going to be all about quarterbacks for the most part because we've got to find another C.J. Stroud. We need, like, five more of them in this league right now. I was telling Gresh that I think that there's going to be at least five in the first, I don't know, 15 easy for me, maybe even 10. No, I think probably, but, you know, but, but, you know, like, you know, but we're, you know, they're going to try and knock, you know, Michael Penix down because he's 24. He's had two ACL surgeries, but he throws the football about as well as you can throw it. Like that performance the other night was outrageous. But look, I mean, a lot of these guys might get overdrafted and we might miss a bunch of them. And Brock Purdy will slide through the cracks. So, uh, however you find him, you got to find him. You know, Tom Brady, number one ninety nine, whatever it is, we got to find him, and we got to like locate him and get him under center real fast and start developing him. Baldy, you mentioned Michael Penix. Can I ask you a bit of an odd question? Any hang up with left handed quarterbacks for you? Yeah, yeah, because there's you know, I mean, obviously Tua kind of answers that a little bit. But, you know, there's not many of them. Boomer size and Mike Vick, you know, you can name the names of guys that play the position, but mm-hmm. it does seem like it's it's a little – but I think Tua kind of, like, puts that to rest, the way that he's played these last two years. You put the right people around him and the right coach and everything, and they can have success. We just – it's just different. The ball comes out funny and, you know, become a left-handed team, and a lot of things change. But if you can play, you can play. You know what, Baldy? You're just 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 uh, rattled my memory with this whole uh, Michael Penix is uh, too old, and I'm sitting here thinking about Brandon Whedon when he was drafted at the age of 28. 
Yeah, yeah. not only Whedon, uh, Chris Wanky was another it one. Was Wanky? Wanky uh, who and was Whedon. older? No, they were. I think they were both twenty eight. And Wanky won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, yeah. And then when played, ba- yeah, yeah, played baseball, came back, won the Heisman as an old. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Hey, Baldy, well, I know you I got to run. Baldy, I know you got to run, friend, and we do too. Thank you much. We appreciate it, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Yeah, there we I'll go. Talk to you next week. Bye. See you now. Good stuff.